0: We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Sarley. I'm here with my partner, Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you a conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry, members of the American Sport Fishing Association, especially St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. We certainly do. Daiwa reels. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24/7 everywhere you get your podcasts. It's also available on our website. Don't forget to check us out there at wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is recorded in Northern Illinois at two separate studios. I'm at one, Dave's at the other. We send the audio down to our good buddy Brad Nierman at Berserk Productions in Lando Lakes, Florida. He is our executive producer and does such a good job at putting this show together. On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnston from St. Croix. Dave's going to visit with... uh, One of the greats, Jay Yellis, announced his retirement from professional tournament fishing. We're going to find out what Jay is doing. He's one of the best ever and uh, one of the truly good guys. And I visit with another truly good guy and definitely somebody who's making a mark at being the best ever. He is the one and only Jacob Wheeler. Man, oh man, he is uh, number one in the in the world on Bass Fan. Doesn't look like that's ever going to change. This guy is just incredibly good. Jacob Wheeler, can't wait to talk to him. But first, let me hand it off to Dave Kranz, who's going to bring on
1: Dan Johnson. Take it away, David. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth, and they always bring us Dan Johnson. How are you doing, Dan.
2: Doing great, Dave.
1: Uh, that is good to hear, and uh, I heard some other good news this week. I saw some press releases out for casting for recovery, the you know, rod that St. Croix came out with. Uh, let's talk about that. Tell us, tell us what's going on in that department. Something we're really proud of, Dave. Our marketing department.
2: I credit them for coming up with this idea, and it's it's a donation to help a great cause. As you as you mentioned, cat recovery. Funny, I had the up. I knew we were going to do this topic. Oh, and I pulled the website up and I'm just going to read something real just Take me a, right off their homepage and who we are about casting for recovery. Casting Recovery provides healing outdoor retreats for women with breast cancer at no cost to the participants. CFR's retreats offer opportunities for women to find inspiration, discover renewed energy for life, and experience healing connections with other women in nature. These retreats are open to women with breast cancer of all ages in all stages of treatment and recovery. For over 25 years, women from all walks of life have benefited from CFR's inspiring program model. And for St. Cory to attach to something like that really speaks volumes for doing the right thing. So what we did is we came up with a limited edition. We're kind of calling it the Triumph of Recovery. And everybody's familiar with the Triumph Rod is, and we made it in a. Uh, color called survivor pink it's really cool it's a neat color uh really something all anglers could use uh there's only one model it was a seven foot medium fast spinning rod which is the number one seller retailed for 150 dollars dave and we donated the vast majority of all proceeds to this right back to casting for recovery so it's one of those things that you know dave you and i have talked about for a long time on these episodes about you know, efficacy in the outdoors and finding things in lakes that are garbage when we pick them up and teaching kids to do things the right way. And I think this project really exemplifies doing the right thing and shines a light on, um, the focus on such an important topic. I mean, I think all of us know, um, somebody that has, or has struggled with, or we've lost people to breast cancer. It's a horrible thing. And really cool to see what they do and to help these people out. And we're really proud to be part of doing something in in a small way to try to
1: give back. Absolutely. And probably something you don't know. My mother passed away from uh, cancer and it started with breast cancer. She lived 16 years on and off and uh, from 42 years old and we lost her at 58. And uh, so, yes, it, it is something we all do know somebody that's that's suffered and had this, and it's the family that suffers also. And, and, but uh, I love the color, Survivor Pink. I, I think that uh, great, great job on the, the marketing for picking out that color because it is important and it does represent uh, uh, cancer survivors, uh, uh, no matter what form of marketing they use. But for Croy to do this, I think it's, uh, it is an awesome uh, uh, gesture to help people that do survive.
2: Yeah, and whenever you do things like this, you know, we built 500 of these things, limited edition. So whenever you do something like this, it's obviously we have costs in making these things. So we're all thinking, boy, you know, let's hope this works. These things sold out in three hours. (laughs) So what I would say about that is to just thanks for all the people out there that recognize this and jumped on it. It's a huge call out to our customers which we call anglers that jumped on this to support a great cause obviously they're getting a really cool rod but to support the cause is just phenomenal it it speaks volumes to our industry and our anglers and uh it's, it's 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 one of those real good feel good things that you know we talk about how blessed we are to go fishing all the time you know i was just on the river just last weekend up there on the mississippi river and fishing around and i'm my mind's 100% on finding these fish where they pulled two weeks ago, because trust me, they did. And, but what I wasn't thinking about is fighting something like cancer or something like that. And there's so many people that have that in their mind when they're going fishing. And it just really, to me personally, brings a, a whole renewed perspective on what really matters. You know, so I'm I'm glad we did this topic, because I think that um, you know, whenever we do something like this, Dave, remember you had my dear friend Tommy Scarless on yep. um, and he was fighting a brain tumor and the Lord took him. But I remember that episode really moving me too, because I think, it, and it was, I think if I remember right, it was one of your most listened to episodes of all time. So I think those kind of things really speak volume to who we're speaking to out there. And it's the biggest compliment I could give them
1: yeah and and that was uh, uh tommy asked to do that when he was up at Mayo clinic he said hey i'd like to talk about what's going on and 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 he wanted to uh i think people let uh, let them know that there is hope and uh he was very spiritual and at the time he wanted to you know share that with everybody and and aaron martin's also uh same same type of deal uh the last time we had him on that was by his choice and and we appreciate that and uh, and miss both of those guys dearly and uh Uh, You know, we find uh, as we go through this industry, you and I have both been in it for decades, uh, how generous and how aware our industry is, you know, not that other industries aren't, but the the outdoor world and community definitely uh, normally finds a way to take care of uh, cancer survivors or kids or uh, kids with disabilities or, you know, anybody that's suffering or has uh, a problem uh, with things, we find a way to... Get them outdoors and, and uh, help them, even if it's for only a day.
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. I, I think I would also add that one of the reasons that's the case is because I think avid outdoor enthusiasts are obviously connected to nature. And I think connecting to nature brings out your core values. It it brings things it brings things to light that really matter. You know, when you see things out there that are just miracles all the time, and we're so lucky to be able to go use these resources. And I think people that are really hardcore, whether it's hunting or fishing, and they're really into it, I, I think at a core level, really appreciate that. So when, when St. Croix came out and did something like this to support Casting for Recovery, I think it really connects with people at a deep level. And aside from the fact that a lot of people are you know know somebody or dealing with somebody that has this or had it and lost the battle or pending to beat it or whatever i think again it just speaks volumes to our listeners and the anglers and hunters that are out there i just think this was a this was just a really good thing and especially to see them go so fast
1: yeah and and that that's a good thing and i i guess you would expect that they would who knows what they thought they would you know was it going to take a week or a day but for it to you know happen in hours that that's great and and, uh, you know, thanks to the, like you said, all of the anglers that, that bought them and, um, and, you know, prayers out to everybody that's, that is a survivor, that they stay a survivor and, and, um, you know, they're, they're healthy for the rest of their lives and enjoying the outdoors. I, I, yeah. you know, I, I think it's awesome when something like, like this takes place and, uh, uh in fairness uh we didn't plan to do this but because it happened this week we decided that we would talk about this topic because it, it's it's you know something that happened and it just happened recently and i'm I'm glad we did because it's it's not just a, a one and done event i think our our community out there in the fishing and hunting world um, daily helps people and and i i'm proud to be in it because of that
2: yeah you know this is the time of year where it's always you know breast cancer awareness, so the timing on this is perfect, um, and I really look forward to this. Will not be the last thing we do like this, and I, I look forward to doing another episode someday, uh, regardless what vehicle we choose. Um, it'll be a great cause, it'll be about doing the right thing, and be about doing about helping people.
1: And, and helping people is something you, we have done an advocacy segment every year on helping people and getting the sportsmen to get people out there. And this is a great uh, bounce-off point to. To remind the anglers and the hunters out there to uh, train the next generation. Bring somebody into the outdoor world that hasn't been there before. Or even better, somebody who's lapsed and they just kind of gave up on it. Or, you know, whether it's uh, physical restrictions or financial restrictions. Get people out there and, and give them back the gift of, of enjoying the outdoors. And I know we both have helped many people. Uh, I had a young man that I helped him get his first deer here uh, two years ago, and he, we have a spot on McHenry County Conservation Foundation, our, our district uh, hunting, and this year he said, boy, when we get a spot on our on our hunting uh, area, he goes, can we bring this this kid, a friend of mine that wants to kill a deer? I said, he just got one. I said, if you're willing to train him and teach him what I taught you, he can have mine. So I'm not hunting the district this year, and and that's passing the torch, and I think that's what we all have to do in our industry. You know, it's
2: really cool. Um, I think a lot of times the biggest enjoyment, I can definitely speak for myself here, the biggest enjoyment I get anymore in fishing is watching other people catch them, but especially um, those that are in situations where it really, really matters, whether it's kids from a super tough upbringing, people that have nothing, people that have never fished before that... Don't get the opportunity or or somebody that's dealing with a disability or a a disease or something like that. There's just nothing like it because they light up, Dave, on a two-pound bass. I look like it's like it's, you know, an avid angler catching a seven pounder. And and I'm serious when I say that. And that's what really brings it to perspective. You're like, man, you know what? We caught this one. Let's move on and find a bigger one. They're like, no, no, I want to catch 50 of these things. And this was the best ever. And I think that we just need to keep in perspective that all of us that have been in this industry for a long time, I think owe it to, um, the industry and to future anglers or anglers that don't get to do it at the, at the, with the frequency that we do to give back, you know, and especially in situations like this, you know, related to breast cancer and everything CFR is doing, um, for these women is just amazing. So again, it's just really cool for St. Corey to be part of it. I just credit our marketing department. I had nothing to do with this idea, but boy, am I a full supporter
1: of it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we always say we try to educate and, and teach people on this segment, and today I think we taught them that they should be part of the uh, community that helps others out there, and I always appreciate having you on and look forward to talking to you next week, Dan. Hey, Dave, thanks so much. Oh, no problem. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Cran. Steve is remote, and this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back after these messages.
3: Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line.
0: I choose the simple side. My choice of line is Sunline. My favorite
2: lines to use is Sunline.
0: How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled Hi, trout, everybody. sharks.
3: There we go. Uh, I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market.
1: Welcome back to the Wee Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran, Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say on this segment, everyone I get to interview has a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly does. He is Jay Yellis. He is executive director for Cast for Kids Foundation, and I welcome you back to the program, Jay.
4: Thanks, Dave. Yeah, pleasure to be back.
1: Oh, well, we're glad to have you. And uh, so you got a new—I uh, know you've been doing the fishing and been doing this uh, before working with Cast for Kids, but but uh, this is going to be your main focus. You're going to uh, happy retirement from many years of being a successful tournament fisherman. Also.
4: Oh, thank you, Dave. Yeah, I've had a very wonderful fishing career of 35 years as a professional bass angler, and and. Uh, Oh, the last eight years or so of that, I've also doubled as a, the executive director of the Cast for Kids Foundation. And so I've, I I've just, this fall announced I was going to retire from the tournament scene and just focus on, on the foundation work. And I, I really love it. It's something I'm really passionate about. You know, we provide opportunities for special needs children to go fishing and to be celebrated. And, and they're um, it's a heartwarming experience. And we the foundation's been growing rapidly, and it's your full-time work. So
1: I'm, I'm looking forward to focusing on that. That's awesome. And I would imagine that many times when you take special needs kids out, uh, you're, you're also, in many cases, you might be taking their parents fishing for the first time or getting them introduced to it.
4: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Actually, at our Cast for Kids events, we require that a parent or guardian accompany the participant on a boat. And many times the family's never been fishing, so we're introducing the family um, to the sport of fishing. And we hear stories all the time about how they, you know, their parents never considered that as a family hobby, but their child had so much fun that they that they went home and and uh, bought a boat, bought more fishing tackle, and they picked up fishing as a as a family hobby. And and uh, we get stories like that a lot. It's really. I know what fishing's meant to me in my life, and it just adds to the quality of life so much. And it's great to be able to, you know, introduce new folks to it and, and watch them grow in, in their love for the sport of fishing.
1: Yes, and it's all, all good. Um, so we'll give this again at the end of this segment here. But uh, if people want to get involved or people want to help, uh, where's the best place for them to contact to do that?
4: Right. Well, the Cast for Kids Foundation, we run on volunteers. I mean, that's basically what drives the foundation, providing numerous opportunities for special needs kids around the country to to go fishing and and to be celebrated at our events. And so it, you can go to our website, castforkids.org, C-A-S-T-F-O-R-K-I-D-S dot O-R-G, and there's an event list on there we have events in like 30 states and there's some states like Texas have more events than other states, but we'll, uh, we have events around the country. And so if there's one near you, just um, search for an event on and near you on the website and you can register online as a, either a boat captain or a shore volunteer, and then come on out on the day of the event. And uh, we look forward to forward to meeting new friends all the time and it's really a great experience some of the best folks in town are the ones that come out to volunteer at these events and you just meet some wonderful people there and it's that's the best way to get involved right there absolutely just that and
1: website that is excellent uh cast for kids uh foundation.org that that is uh a great great opportunity for people to as you said either uh if you don't have a boat you can still come and help there's always things to do yeah. fish from the bank and and you know help people with uh with their you know tying on lines and helping with how to handle the fish all of that is is you know uh necessary so so great and you said 30 states you do events in that's amazing
4: yeah maybe a couple more than that we added some new events this year like in north dakota and kansas and uh Um, Upstate New York We had a couple this year Up near Lake Champlain And so it's neat to see To see the program growing And and a lot of um, people with big hearts out there That love these kids That want to provide an opportunity for them To go fishing It's pretty special So yeah But it's uh, Yeah, we're volunteer dependent So we're always looking for folks That want to come out And make a difference in a child's life Introduce them to the great sport of
1: fishing Excellent. And these, these are one-day events? They are. Yeah, actually, it's a half-day.
4: Um, a lot of the kids with special needs that we serve, they, they can't handle much more than about three hours in a boat or fishing, and that's plenty yeah. for them. And so we tip, at a typical event, it starts about 8 a.m., the kids show up, we get them paired up with their boat captain or shore volunteers, and they go fishing for up to three hours, and then we come back and we have a nice barbecue lunch, and then we have an award ceremony where each child gets a plaque with their photo in it, and everybody cheers for them. And they, we just make it really special. You know, everybody deserves to get an ovation, standing ovation, sometime during their life, and these kids never get that. So we like to really uh, hoop, hoop and holler for them and cheer for them at the award ceremony following the fishing. But at the, usually the event's over with by one o'clock, so it's basically.
1: 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Yep, and and that, like you said, it's for a great cause and a great uh, uh, opportunity for people. I, I, my wife and I did some volunteering at a uh, Northern Illinois speckle, Special Recreation, uh, uh, and where they did that, we took kids out, and it was uh, it was very rewarding to the ones that are volunteering also because they they appreciate it so much. For many of of these kids, it it may be the only time they get to get out.
4: That's right. We. We have kids all the time that catch the first fish of their life at, at one of these cast for kids events. And so it's, you know, it's a, and the parents appreciate it so much because they, they would, it's an opportunity for their children that they could not otherwise provide for them. You know, they could go hire a fishing guide and drop 500 bucks by, you know, by hire a guide for a day. But, but even at that, they don't get the, 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 The award celebration where their child is celebrated by a group of people, and that—that in its own right, you can't buy that. So it's really a—it's something very much appreciated by the families. And if anybody's listening and you have a special needs child, gosh, we would love to have you come out and participate in one of our events. So find one near you on the website and sign up and come on
1: out. Yeah, that—that's excellent. Now. Uh, you're retiring from professional fishing I have to ask uh, give me a highlight or two of your career what what sticks out in your mind
4: oh heck yeah after 35 years there's lots of highlights and great memories but probably the classic win when I won the Bassmaster Classic 20 years ago I still remember it like it was yesterday and then Oh, I I won uh, three angler of the year titles over the years too, and so those are you know those are the highlights and yeah, um, just something you are really you know thankful for because the older you get though you realize wow that was that's really hard to do oh <laughs> but, but you know it gets harder and harder the older you get but back when I was in my prime I had some great years I'm really thankful for that
1: angler of the year we uh, all of us in the industry talk about that it anybody can just about at that level go and win one tournament but to be that consistent that you're angler of the year and you've done it three times uh, uh, that's not easy to do
4: no that's yeah that's the most coveted title by the pros just because they know it's the hardest thing to to accomplish to perform at a high level over the course of a whole season better than it not a high, but just the highest level of anybody in the field over the course of the whole season. That's yeah, it's harder to win than say one tournament or, you know, whatever. But it's yeah, so that's a some great memories, some great years back there in I think oh3 and oh7 is when I many moons ago, Dave, <laughs> when I got angler of the year titles.
1: But I've still got the trophies and they're
4: they're never gonna go away. So
1: it's no. great. They mean they mean uh, the same to you today as they did then. Uh, oh heck yeah! Uh, absolutely. On the cast for kids uh, tournaments, what is there an average uh, attendance that you have for each of these events?
4: Sure. Yeah, we try to cap the field at forty participants. Okay. And just because we've learned, we've been the foundation's been around thirty-one years, and we've learned that that's just the. About the maximum number that you want, because you want to really at the award ceremony, we really try to take time to celebrate each child, and that takes a good minute and a half. And then your award ceremony for 40 kids goes an hour long. I mm-hmm. uh, always feel bad for the last kids who get to be called up because they have to sit there and wait for an hour. And it's hard for those kids, they're ready to go after they have to go fishing and eat lunch. So we. Right. You know, most of our events have somewhere from 20 to 40 kids. Okay. It just all depends on the venue and how many get signed up. And But 40 is the max, and it's uh, – yeah, and then we try to get, you know, 20, 25 b- volunteer boaters to come with their boats and take these kids fishing. So you can usually get one or two kids in a boat with their parents and um, – yeah, it's great.
1: That's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Do you see some repeats from them, or do you get some of the? We do. Yeah, some of the parents yeah. also that introduce other kids uh, that have special needs yes. to these events.
4: Yes, we have. We have. Uh, I can think of several families where they they're repeats, and then the parents have their child has so much fun they bring their friends, and yeah. they get you know, a lot of a lot of the special needs families have social groups that are they do say th- activities together, and so they come, you know, fishing is something that they, you know, a lot of people that have never done it, they're not sure if their child would like it or not. And once some of these families come and their child has such a good time fishing, they tell all of their friends and then their friends come too, or they'll bring their cousins or, and they just kind of pile in. And we find that as the events, we have annual events at these different venues across the country and they they grow each year they get bigger and bigger as more people in the community find out about it and they come on out and they eventually they'll max out at the 40 kids you know every year and it's just a lot of fun to see that
1: Absolutely, and uh, Jay, we uh, certainly appreciate you coming back on the podcast and uh, appreciate what you do for Cast for Kids uh, Foundation. It's awesome. Uh, Again, uh, castforkidsfoundation.org is where you can go to get information or to find out about attending an event, volunteering for an event. And uh, uh, Executive Director Jay Yellis, retired professional bass fisherman, uh, thank you again, and we'll talk soon.
4: Well, thanks, Dave.
1: Appreciate you having me on. Uh, yeah, keep in touch. Oh, absolutely. That was Jay oh, Yellis. You. Oh, you. you too. That was Jay Yellis. I am Dave Cran. Steve Starley is remote, and this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back.
0: The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta, we're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait-and-tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hard-working outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. while well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV, The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long-control light lure casting. Mag 4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. Uh, we are brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericafishing.org. And you know, if you're an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting asafishing.org. When I tell you we're the best fishing show in the USA, I, I really, really mean it today. Not just bragging. It doesn't get any better when you've got a show and you're able to present. The best fisherman on the planet right now, bar none. He is the one and only Jacob Wheeler. Welcome, Jacob. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, Steve. Man, it's, uh, it's been a,
3: it's been a lot of fun this season, and it's uh, it's sort of starting to wind down. So, you know that means it means a little bit of family time and. Uh, you know, a little bit of a few of them
0: honeydews that you gotta get when you get back home. <laughs> uh, oh. It happens to everybody. Doesn't make a difference if you're Jacob Wheeler or not. You've got obligations. Yeah, you can't get you can't
3: get out of those very often. I Try, but it's not always the easiest
0: thing. And how old are your kids now? You've got you've got two if I recall, Olivia and Hudson, I think, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Hudson's uh almost a year old, he'll be a year old here and uh about a almost two weeks here and then olivia she'll be four in january
0: so oh, she's it's, they're they're growing really really fast she's so a little to, she's a little lady already and and he's at that age where their personality really starts to come out uh you, you look at them as they're approaching the one-year mark it kind of you know what they're going to be like at the five-year mark because that personality is there are you liking what you're seeing
3: Absolutely. Yeah. It's they're, they're, it's like a uh, personality aspect. They're starting to play together a little bit, you know, having fun. She enjoys being the big sister and it's really, it's really fun to watch. Uh,
0: unbelievable. You don't, you don't take any exception when I call you the greatest fisherman on the planet. I wish we had video because I know your face, your cheeks would be red right now because you're really a humble guy. So I, what what is it like when people refer to you that way?
3: Uh, it's it, it, it's a little bit it, you know pinch yourself a little bit because of the day you know it's I can't imagine looking looking where you know what's happened and transpired over the last ten years of my career and if you'd have told my 17 year old self that it's would have happened I would have just been like there's no way that's not gonna happen I mean I mean trust me I had a lot of confidence but that's just it's just been one of those things it's been a pinch me moment after a pinch me moment to and there's a lot of hard work, and there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of uh, hard work that, that's not always seen on, on the backside. But still, it's just you know, it's it's one of those things when you when you you go through those those moments and and things are going your way. I, I look at it as just climbing the mountain. You just keep on, you know, you keep looking up, and you don't realize really what you don't realize what you really have accomplished until you look back down, you know what I'm saying? So it just, yeah, yeah. you want to go back to that. You want to go to the next one. You want to go to the next one. You have the next tournament. To okay. I got I had a good tournament with this one. Let's go to the next one. And that's sort of where I'm at right now. I'm just climbing the mountain and just, you know, just keep on going. <laughs> you
0: you started your career in a magnificent fashion. You just started winning out of the box. Uh, you were with the Bassmaster organization, uh, when you, when you, uh, as a rookie, you, well, as a rookie pro fisherman, you won the Forest Wood Cup, you won the uh, BFL All-American, absolutely incredible start. You moved into the elites and you won your first two elites, which I think is like pitching two no-hitters in a row. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. And people were looking at Jacob Wheeler and saying, hey, this guy could be the next Kevin Van Damme uh you heard people saying that what did that feel like
3: yeah i mean you know obviously there's a long way to go kevin uh, i've looked at kevin a lot of years he's, he's um consistent he's he's uh the best he's the goat man. he's the best there's has ever played the game so i mean it's, it's, it's crazy to hear that even to be mentioned in the same sentence as kevin you know it's it's not uh something that i take lightly but i also you know realize there's a lot of years ahead before we even get in that equation and worry about that so i'm really for me right now you you really you know you look back in in the history of of any sport you know you can really only be the best of your era you know you, you got you look back in the day you look at your rick clines and your Ola Martin. you know you look at kevin and aaron and, and hackney when they came up and they really built their brand so you really for me it's my goal is just to try to be the best of the era of bass fishing that I'm in, you know, a lot of things technology changes, uh, fishing pressures change the sport. It's grown fast. It's great to see high school and college anglers out there, you know. And, and and so I think that that's really just for me has always been my goal. It's not like hey to be the best ever. It's just hey to be the best I can be, and then also to be the you know the best in the era of bass fishing where I'm at right now.
0: That is so so shrewd the way you're saying that and. I look at you're 100% right, because it's impossible to compare uh, Oh yeah, baseball. I'm a baseball fan. Albert Pujols just broke the, the 700 home run mark, and it's hard to compare them and say, well, as opposed to Babe Ruth, Pujols. This, no, no, no. It, it's, Babe Ruth did it in the 1920s. Pujols is doing it now. you got to look at that. It's a different ball. It's a different game, and you look at it that way. Uh, it's very hard to compare the fishermen from different eras. But you know what, Uh, Jacob, I I I was talking to Scott Martin last week, and I said uh, we we, we were laughing over the fact that uh, his dad was just born maybe 40 years too early because can you imagine how much money Roland Martin would have won on today's, Tour circuit, you know, it's interesting, and I'm sure a lot of the the veterans look at that and say, "Man, these guys are lucky to be making what they're making now." Nah, there's no, there's no luck involved. It is what it is, but you're, you're you're living through a great time of bass fishing, and and I'll tell you this: I I, I googled you, and uh, <laughs> oftentimes when you when you Google put something in Google, it gives you a list of uh, recommended questions that that go along with it. So I type Jacob Wheeler. And and the thing that pops up, Jacob, is what does Jacob Wheeler do for a living? Uh, I looked at that and I, and I laughed. I said, "Man, who, who's living under a rock that doesn't know what Jacob Wheeler does for a living?" <laughs> but but the question would be, if it wasn't if it wasn't for pro bass fishing, what would Jacob Wheeler be doing for a living?
3: For me, it really comes down to shoot. You know, I I. Um, you know, I I love marketing. I love, I love the, the, the batching industry. I think there's a lot of, a lot of opportunities in the fishing industry right now to be in PD, to work in the industry on, on, uh, on rod development, tackle development. Um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities out there that, I mean, you still have to have an opportunity, um, an opportunity to get your foot in the door, but man, I would love to be in the industry. I would love, um, sales and marketing and strategy behind that. I enjoy that. Um, you know, I, and, and then, you know, it's tough. It's a tough question because it's really all I've ever done, you know, and, and, um, I, it's definitely something that I have to think on a little bit more, but some sort of marketing slash sales is something all right, that that that's really,
0: cool. I really enjoy. That is cool. Uh, what was your biggest surprise in fishing, I think it was the the length of
3: time that it takes to establish a brand. So just because you win a tournament does not mean you're going to be somebody. And even if you win the biggest tournament, it's something that it takes five years of time, of consistency and working hard on and off the water to, to even get to where People, you know, in the industry, sort of get an understanding of who you are, or who you might, you know, or you might have some potential. So I think that it just consistency. I think was the biggest thing. You know, we're in, in in any other sport of basketball, if you have a phenomenal playoffs um, in a series or you know, football, you get recognized fairly quickly. In fishing, it, it's consistency and taking time and 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 continuing to, to be up there. That it, it takes a little bit more effort, a little bit more time to to get to where. You're, you're actually somebody up there.
0: Excellent, excellent. I, I would have to think, uh, and i never asked you this before, I, I was at the Red Crest last year, and uh, mm-hmm. they, they tried to jot on stage to uh, give you Angler of the Year trophy, and uh, I thought it was a complete surprise when, in addition to the trophy, they handed you a check for $100,000 for being Angler of the Year, which was never part of the Angler of the Year program with Major League Fishing. Were you surprised or, or should you be up for an Academy Award for Best Actor? <laughs> no, I was actually shocked. I mean, this was really cool. Um,
3: not only, you know, did they do that, but then they, they paid the the last, you know, last two Angler of the Year's prior to me, which was really cool to see that as the organization knowing that, hey, look, if we pay one, we need to sort of go back. And they never had they never had a, a big title sponsor for that, for the Angler of the Year deal, and So when they did get out in Valley bet, they were able to do so and really pay it back. And I, I, you know, kudos to major league fishing. Obviously I was, I was shocked. I think Jordan Lee and and Edwin were, were very shocked when, when they all received checks for, for that kind of money. So Definitely thankful. I was I, definitely thankful at that point
0: in time. I know Edwin pretty well, and I, I got to say that uh, I'm almost positive he wasn't acting. He had no idea they'd be forking over that big check, and I thought it was a magnificent gesture on Major League Fishing's part. Man, they, they, they run a great circuit. They put on a great show. Can't say enough good things about the, the, the gang from Major League Fishing.
3: Yeah, man, mean they do a good job. It's it's uh, it's been it's been a ride, and it's been a lot of fun for sure.
0: Along uh, the last few years, for sure. You know, I, I, I'm imagining you are just totally filled up your home. You're trying to get stuff done, you spend quality time with the family, and you got people like me that are constantly calling you. You got print interviews, you got <laughs> podcast interviews, radio, TV. They they got you filming sponsor stuff that that we never even know about. That takes up so much time. What question do you hate being asked? I know you get asked this. There are very few new questions. What, what do you really not enjoy hearing? You
3: know what the funniest question that I get asked all the time? If you're a bass fisherman and you have power poles, you get to a gas station and, and, and you ha- it happens about twice on a trip on a normal trip. You get that guy that never really bastards or never really been on the boat. Man, what them two sticks in the back of your boat doing? What are those <laughs> to you? That's always the question you get. You're just like, you should have it literally playing on your phone, and you go, play. They're power poles. They run shallow water anchor, anchors. That's what they do. Thanks. It's literally every time. It's so fun. Then you get on there, and you're like, no, they're actually rocket launchers actually rocket boosters they allow oh, me to go a little goodness. bit faster past people you know you have a little fun with the people but you oh, know that's the that's the one that i'm like okay
0: oh my <laughs> it's goodness the
3: funniest question because everybody's so used to seeing a you know a motor on a boat but no one's ever you know they, they just see these power poles hanging on the back and they think man huh what's that
0: yeah that's a good one i i, I do i do like that speaking of stuff hanging on the boat everybody's just want to talk about electronics and, and forward-facing sonar and, and the like. Whose electronics are you running? So
3: right now I run two brands. I run
0: Humber and I run
3: Lowrance. I run three Lowrances uh throughout my system and then I run two Hummingbirds. And so I I have 360 and then I have um uh, you know I have a Humbird in the back, and then I have two Lorances up front and Lorance in the back. You know so that's I, I sort of do a hodgepodge of them all a couple of years ago. I did all three with Garmin and Florence and Humbert and sort of consolidated it down to those two brands right now for what I like,
0: and it's worked well. They, they uh, electronics have made it tough because there's a lot of guys not getting paid a lot of money because they won't uh, they won't consolidate onto one brand and take, uh, take a sponsorship and a check from one company because. You need more than one brand or one model of sonar to make you the best fisherman you can be, and it's not worth it's not worth it to take a check and catch less fish, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, for me, it just comes down to the fact that when you're trying to win an angler of the year title or anything else, so like for me, like if I were just to go to a hummingbird, you know, then I'm I might be losing out on 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 a certain part of maybe their. Like, for instance, like, uh, waypoint management is very tough on a hummingbird, but Lorance has an unbelievable waypoint management system where side scan on humbirds great, but then Lorance is good, but it doesn't have as much detail because it doesn't have mega. So there's little nuances within it, and, it, and, it, and it's not going to be the difference of me catching 100 bass versus, you know, 100 bass over 75. It's really just the difference of maybe catching one or, you know, two or three bass throughout an event. That can mean the difference of winning the tournament, making the cut, making the top ten. Yeah, and those are the main; those are the main things that when it's this, it's the small, subtle things that a couple fish can mean a, a, a big difference. And so that's you know, at this point, when you're fishing against the best, the best anglers, you got to have every little thing that you can to give you a little bit of heads up on the competition.
0: Time is so important, uh, you know, and time management and time savings is critical. It is. Do you always look at both of your uh both of your sonars, or do you know in a certain area, a certain condition, I'm gonna look at the Lowrance or I'm gonna look at the Does your mind just tied into that which machine you're looking at to help you?
3: Yeah, it is, and there's a lot of times, there's some times I've had a couple sonars this year, I just turn them off. They're just in the way. <laughs> there's times you have to. That is a big part of it, and and, and I and I have talked about that several times. Of you look back at, at, at Kevin, um, it, it's just and, and, and when he was just absolutely killing it, and he still is. You know, it just it's being a, it's efficiency um, is is a very big part of tournament bass fishing, and it's decision making and processing information faster than your competition. Yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. Whether you're an NFL quarterback a professional bass angler or, you know, a point guard on, uh, in the NBA, you have to process information at a faster pace to be able to make decisions the best you know how. So each of those helped me during certain times, but you also don't have to know when to, Hey, that's not, I don't need to be looking at this. I'm wasting my time trying to analyze both screens and trying to process all this information. I need to spend all my time up here looking at docs and certain things that are happening underneath the water just personally, you know, hey, if there's a dock here, I can visually see a fish moving around. You got to know when to turn them things off and turn them on. And and they, they definitely have their time in place, but it's definitely not going to take take hold of, 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 uh, of, of intuition and your gut feelings that's, that are on the water. That's a huge part of, of turnip bass fishing that always will be.
0: Excellent. Excellent answer. Uh, about what I expected from a Jacob Wheeler, man, this guy Uh, He can talk fishing almost as good as he can fish fishing. He uh, He's the best bass fisherman on the planet. This is We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley. I'm proud to be here with Jacob Wheeler. We're going to take a quick break and uh, talk more Jacob Wheeler right after this. You know, when I look at the
3: tournaments I've won, probably, Four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube,
1: but I had completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody made one soft enough. Big bite has come with this new tour series of bait. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs onto it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube.
0: Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long-control light lure casting. Mag4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Starley. My partner, Dave Kranz, is remote. Let's get to it. We've got the pleasure of having uh, the one and only Jacob Wheeler with us. Uh, you can take this wherever you want it. You can you can answer it quick or, or bow out if you'd like. Uh, I was so impressed. I heard you speak at uh, the National Professional Anglers Association a couple years ago. You got up, you, you told your life story, which was inspirational. Not asking you to tell the whole story here, but anybody that thinks that uh, Jacob Wheeler is... Uh, is a, a dot-com millionaire's son who daddy bought him a boat and said, go on out and go fishing, my boy, knock him dead. uh uh-uh, that's the farthest thing that could have happened. You came from harder times than a lot of people have ever exhibited, and you've turned it around, and you've become the king of bass fishing. Uh, tell us a little bit about where you came from, where Jacob Wheeler uh, got to where he is now. Yeah,
3: I mean, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot to this story, no doubt. I could spend a lot of time on it. I'll give you the Reader's Digest version, but, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is, you know, I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, and when you think of Indianapolis, Indiana, you're thinking, okay, Indy 500, Indianapolis Colts, maybe the Pacers. Um, You know, I grew up five miles from downtown, so I grew up pretty close to that, and that's normally not the place. Indiana is not known for professional bass anglers. It just comes down to the fact that when you don't have a lot of places that uh, have a lot of great fishing there's some good fishing in indiana but it's definitely uh can be challenging for sure and you know i have um you know i remember riding down to uh the white river with my bicycle and and uh going and trying to, to to fish off the off the bank and then also there was a wednesday night tournament down there and i would go down there when i was 15 14 15 16 years old and and, and try to pay for half of the, uh, half entry fee on those Wednesday night tournaments if the guys would, didn't have a partner. I said, Hey man, let me put my $10 in that it was $20 because I just wanted to learn, you know, I right, didn't really right. have the opportunity to have a, a, a boat and and, I, and uh, sort of how I got started, you know, my dad fished, my, my uncle fished, um, they fish in club tournaments as well, but you know, my uncle had a bass boat, which really got me on the water and then allowed for me to fish a little bit. We didn't, you know, grow up with a heck of a lot, but I think it also, that's the key that, you know, I, I've talked to MBJ, sort of where he, his background was. I talked to DC and Dustin Connell, where his background was. I think that's why we work as hard as we do is because we realize how easy it is to go back to not having a heck of a lot. <laughs> and, and And we appreciate that, you know? So I think that, Work ethic is very important. And that was something that was important early on in, in, in my early years, but I wouldn't have been where I was at without a, a several gentlemen giving me an opportunity opportunities sort of taking me under their wing and allowing me and teaching me and um, allowing me to borrow their boat. I mean, the BFLs is where I, how I became a professional bass fisherman. I fished the BFL series, when I was 19 years old, my truck breaks down going to the first BFL in Indiana um, I call up the tournament uh, director and say, hey, look, I'm not going to be able to make it. Can I change? Can I, I, it was FLW at the time, can I transfer my money to, uh, to? I, dude, it was $150. I remember that like yesterday. I'm like, hey, can I transfer my money to, you know, the Ohio division? You know, because I wanted to try to qualify for the All-American. I mean, listen, I was, you know, I thought that was possible, you know, what? Hey, I wanted uh-huh. to qualify for the All-American. So I wanted to go fish the first tournament. The first tournament in Ohio was not until, was not until a uh, little uh, middle of may, so long story short I, I fished that tournament I win that tournament and uh, end up qualifying for the regional uh, I borrow my uncle's bass boat and and qualified for the all american and and at twenty years old, I win the all american now trust me I, I had a hundred thousand dollars hundred thousand dollar check you know it was uh it that was a lot of money for a 20 year old kid but yeah. that that um I remember after winning the Forestwood Cup, people asked me, they said, man, I was actually on a news a news um, interview, and they asked me, they said, what'd you buy with, with all this money? And I said, I bought four pairs of Nikes, because <laughs> uh, to that point, I, I really hadn't had a whole lot of brand new shoes, so <laughs> I just, that was that was life, you know, and, and I think that that's something, I don't tell the story, and I didn't get into it, you know, full time, but I... I don't tell the story to to say, "Hey, what was me or anything like that? I just tell the story to, because they look, if I can make it and I, and I was able to make it to this point in in, in where I'm at in my career. I I don't see how anybody can have any excuse to say, Hey, they can't work hard and get to, and ultimately
2: um,
3: make their dreams come true. I mean, there's a lot of things that wasn't on me by any means. And there's a lot of people that I couldn't be in this position without them and, and the support that they helped along the way. But I just felt like you know this is something day in and day out that um, i'm very appreciative of being able to to, to be able to be, be a professional bass angler um and be where i'm at in my career but i, I don't also forget where i came from and, and very thankful very thankful
0: no you don't and that's one of the things i enjoy uh i enjoy seeing and listening about you hey you, you just brought up uh you brought up dustin canal uh, and I, Dustin and uh, and Mark Daniels Jr. were your two traveling buddies, uh, that most that uh, that I, I can think of. And that Dustin Cannell, man, he's having a year. I just interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, and I wish I would have had him on after you because I would ask Dustin Cannell. How's it feel to be the next Jason, uh, the next Jacob Wheeler, Dustin? Uh, and, uh, and then just sit back and listen to I think I would have stumped them with that question. Yeah, you, you probably
3: would have. We have a heck of a lot of fun in the house too. We always give each other, raz each other and give each other a heck of a time, but it's, it, it's a challenge, man. It's a battle, man. There's no doubt. Dustin's had three major wins this year and he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. I, I seen a, a different gear in Dustin this year and, he turned the corner and, and he's not looked back. So I, I'm looking, man. I'm, I'm proud of him. Um, as as he's one of my best friends. He's like they're like brothers to me. I'm not. I'm no joke. We uh, we celebrate and wins. You know, if anyone, if one of us wins, you know, it's great. You know, I had a second place to him at Cayuga, and I was more proud of him. And it's just how you know that's how it is, man. You just enjoy um, the wins and see those guys, you know, competing at a high level. That's a really cool deal, and um, it, it's something that you just don't take for granted. But yeah, I know you would have definitely
0: stumped him a little bit. You have been like he might have, but I like, gave you a
3: little, ha ha. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Steve, you're you're real nice. Yeah, we'll
0: we'll we'll, we, we'll save we'll save that we'll save that one for next time. But man, he he's on a roll. He he's doing good. He is. And you know, it's I I will apologize to you for something you don't even know. I I was interviewing somebody uh, earlier in this year, and I said, man. How's anybody gonna gonna beat this Jacob Wheeler? He's he's unstoppable. Did I said? Did you guys ever think about everybody chipping a few bucks and and hire a Jeff Galouli to go after his knee like they did with the Tanya Harding thing? You know, and that <laughs> and uh, we got a laugh. And my partner, my partner Dave Crane said, "You can't put that on my God. What are you talking about? You're promoting violence and." Uh, 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 uh. And I ended up cutting it out. And I said, Say what you want, but I know if I said this to, to Jacob Wheeler, he'd be laughing his butt off at, at the idea oh, of, about somebody 100%. Taking, it, taking it. But you know what? Th- you think about it. You watch all these guys. You watch a Dustin Canal getting better and better. You watch a, a Jacob Wheeler winning everything that's out there. The competition can't do anything to slow you down, they can only get better. And it's got to be depressing for a, a fisherman to watch you guys how hot of a roll you're on and say, man, I'm, I'm fishing the best I can and I can't come close to this. What the heck do you do in that situation?
3: Yeah, I, I don't even know. I, I tell you what, I, that, that's what is so great about fishing against the best anglers and, and you, because they push you to become better. If they jump out ahead of you and and, you, and someone you know, takes the lead and they're killing it on tour, it forces everybody to go back and say, hey, look, I got to start getting better. I got to start, I gotta, I gotta start working on my game here. I'm losing out on this. Or, hey, I can't skip as well or I can't read these electronics as well or I can't make decisions or I can't sight fish as well. You have to start working on the parts of your game that are the weakest. Everybody wants to go out there day in and day out and they want to go, Hey, if I'm a real good flipper, I want to go flip because that's what I know, you know, but right, right. people don't always think, Hey, look, I want to go out there and work on a drop shot because I stink at it. And that's what you have to do. You have to force yourself. Hey, look, I got to work on this. is a weakness of my game. I got to work on this. I got to work on that. My hook set's not this. I mean, I study film on my, you know, a lot. I study film on, on my, myself. When I lose fish, I'm, I'm recording all the time. those are the things you have to do to get better and i think that anglers are definitely pushing into another another gear if you will because they're taking it so much seriously if you don't you'll fall behind trust me it's like it's not a it's not a hey this is uh what i do for five months of the year and then i just put it all up and go back out there and get after it you're planning on winning an angler of the year and win a multiple tournament that's not going to happen it has to be a year-long deal that you continue and push on. Well, that's working out in the off-season, working on your mental game. All of these things come into into play when you're competing against these guys. And, and I think that you're seeing that, you know, I, you're seeing everything tighten back up. Somebody will jump out. We've seen it in the past. Somebody jumps out and then, you know, accomplishing gets tighter and, tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. And they get back on. So I think it's 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 something that'll – it just – History repeats itself, and I think that it ultimately, um, you know, you see things with with forward-facing sonar. You see back in the day, Kevin was probably on the front end of side scan and down scan. He really understood that and and really had some unbelievable tournaments on Kentucky Lake and how to fish for offshore fish when nobody else was really dialed into that necessarily. So I think you always see that, you know, but uh, it it definitely is, is interesting.
0: Great great and that may be one of the best answers to any question I've ever asked and and the credits all to you, not to the question. that was super uh just brilliant to hear i I will listen listen to that again uh <laughs> we're, we're running out we're running out of time. we got one one quick question hey, uh, when you're out on the on the road uh tur- tournaments and people don't realize how much time you're spending on the road, it's amazing does uh does jacob wheeler have any guilty pleasures he goes back to man uh, uh, Come on, you know like you, you at, at whatever day it is you make sure you get off of uh you get off the water on a practice day in time to go home and watch the real housewives of new jersey <laughs> or uh or, or man oh man i'm making money now but I'm just dying to stop at a Casey's and get me one of them hot dogs off of those stainless steel rollers. You know, you, it, got, you it, got anything it, like that? Yeah.
3: There's, there's one that we, we sort of cut out recently for sure. We, we, the, the house would always have a bag of sour patch watermelons at the house. And we are like, boys, we got to stop this. We'd have like a dang gallon bag of sour patch <laughs> watermelons. And we'd be done with a sour a gallon bag of sour patch watermelons by the end of the tournament. I'm like, all right, whoever's buying these sour patch watermelons better stop this stuff, because <laughs> we are. I mean, it just was that. That's probably, I would say, the one probably that we uh, we we stop we stop buying them. But that was definitely one on the high on the list for the last couple of years.
0: All right, there we. Do. So that you can put that down on when somebody asks you odd questions, say, "Hey, this guy was asking me about my candy Jones. Uh, we're, into, we're into the watermelon sour patch watermelons." Nobody ever asked me about that before. That's facts. I, I facts. I, that is facts. I, that is cool. I'm proud of that. I, I'm proud to know you. I'm proud to say you're my friend. Jacob Wheeler is the best fisherman on the planet, one of the nicest guys walking, and, and we just wish you all the success that you could possibly have. At your young age, you have already broken the $3 million mark in earnings. That is incredible. That's incredible. Keep it up! I'm sure you'll double that in the years to come, man. God bless you and your family. Thanks for being with us. I appreciate it.
3: Thanks a lot, Steve. I always enjoy getting on here. The ASA podcast. This whole this whole deal is unbelievable, man. I always uh, always appreciate the opportunity to hop on and, and talk bass fishing, talk fishing with you. You guys keep it up, and and uh, you have a great uh, you have a great great week, buddy. Thank you, my friend. Take care of that
0: family. I'm gonna do it. Trust me. Later, I my friend. It. Later. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guest, Dan Johnston from St. Croix, as always. Jay Yellis, one of my favorites. He's leaving the tournament scene, but he'll still be very, very visible. Jay Yellis, great fisherman, great guy. And we wrapped it up with the one and only Jacob Wheeler, $3 million man. What a nice fella. He is so cool and so good. Uh, we'll be talking to Jacob Wheeler more in the future because this guy's career is just barely started. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa, we've got your bass covered. They do, Daiwa Reels. Remember that uh, We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one hour podcast each and every week available wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to check out our website wefishasa.com you can contact us through there get to the keyboard and let them rip we'd love to hear from you if you like what you hear please let us know if there's something you'd like to hear us talk about or someone you think we ought to have on the show let us know that too i'm steve sarley my partner is dave Franz. we'll see you next week now let's go fishing